0: Welcome to the Rogue Bogues basketball series. Myself, Andrew Bogut and Pro. What's going on, man?
1: Bog, oh, still marooned in California. I feel like... Um... Tom Hanks on Castaway, except I got a lot better setup than he did. You'll be surfing soon. Oh yeah. The only the only the only problem is that I don't want to dodge those parkoons in the fucking beach, man. So or they'll or people will start throwing buckets of water on me, think I'm gonna beach wheel on the fucking beach. So
0: you know. But you, you uh you were at the pro day, the NBA Pro Day,
1: what was that last week? Yeah, so a few days ago. So what they did, Bogues, is after Chicago, after the pre-draft combine, Uh, So they put all the agencies can do their pro day in California, in Southern California, so they don't spread it across the country. So they had basically 130, 140 NBA GMs, executives, scouts, and coaches go and watch these like pro day workouts. And um, I watched a bunch of them that they had in Chicago because you could either do them in Chicago or do them in L.A., and I mean, it's a fucking, you know, it's a necessary evil, but it's such a fucking like bullshit process in my opinion. But yeah, so the agency I'm working for, we had uh, we had our pro day. i I worked with, I ran one workout with a kid named Max Christie, six foot six, two guard from Michigan state. And then I uh, assisted on another one. They had, they have like a six, four point guard named Ty Ty Washington who played at Kentucky. And then they had a couple other guys work out with their own trainers and stuff. So, um it's pretty cool setup like you do it in your own gym so it's not just one gym and rotate it's like they, they had a drive to all these gyms so you have to sort of sanction it through the NBA so they schedule it so everybody has a chance to see all of them and uh it was pretty cool they have like like I said there was like 130 NBA people like they had head coaches there I saw uh Tom Thibodeau I saw um I saw Wes Unsell Jr. was there you know, they had some NBA GM, Sam Presti was there, Chicago's there. Like every team was represented basically. So
0: so are they doing the same kind of thing at Chicago? Like all the testing and all that shit still? Or is it just- No, no,
1: they the, don't. No. So yeah. Playing. So basically you go, yeah, no, they don't even play. So they go out there. You got like an hour of like a 40 minute slot, each guy. And they just work out. So you do any type of a training workout. Mostly trainers come out there. They got like ninety guys, like a fucking Gestapo or something, with like the same same shirts on, screaming, ho- hooting, hollering, fucking clapping on every dunk. And it's sort of like the N1 mixtape tour on fucking steroids. And I'm like, I told my guys, like, I told my interns because I have like my own pros army out here. <clears throat> I said, first of all, any of you motherfuckers clap after any dunk, I'm gonna fire you. <sighs> hire you again, and fucking fire you again. And just, hey, look, it's not going to be a, a... Like, usually it's just filled bugs with guy you know... And look, trainers do what they do, but mostly they'll have their guys dunk one-on-oh and do all this, like, you know, just, like, scripted shit where they're just dunking most of the time and you don't really get a good idea, or a good glimpse on the actual play, what they can do. So the workouts that I scripted for not only... The player that I worked with, but the one I assisted with were all like sort of game actions, you know, get shots up, one dribble, two dribble, pull up, you know, and start getting in some conditioning shooting, pick and roll, reads, things like that. So, you know, basically like telling the player, look, this is what the NBA scouts want to see. They want to see your body. They want to see how fast you go. They want to see how you, you know, how you shoot the ball. How you do in these little actions deals, and how you respond to your coach that's working you out when they talk to you and correct you. So, it was cool. Like um, I thought, Tai Tai Washington was really good. He he's competing with Dyson Daniels as one of the top point guards in the draft. And um, the I think the the Max Christie kid's really good. Like six foot six athlete could really shoot. Um, I think he's sort of you know he could be as good as a Kevin Martin was, like an all star type um you know i probably compare him in in between like a kevin martin sort of you know gary trent jr type he's not as strong as trent jr but he's got good size he can shoot you know so it was good it was cool i just don't like those pro days because they're so fake and you know like it's so scripted and the players are doing shit that they're never gonna do in games and like it's just like all dunks and all this, this stuff and Sometimes the trainers have him do all these fucking moves and stuff and the players look bad, like full court drills and things. Like, dude, all they want to do is like, you got to just sort of, you got to close it off and just let them do things that make the player look good, but actual things that, that people actually want to see. The problem is 99% of these trainers who work these pro days have never spent 10 seconds in the NBA. They don't know what pl- people are looking for. So they just want to look like they, it's sort of like they think the pro days for them. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You have to yeah, showcase yeah. that. You know what I'm saying? This is how I train yeah.
0: guys. Look at my look at this new drill I've designed. I have my guy doing it. Yeah, I totally. I totally um, agree with that. I've seen that before, actually, where I've worked with people like that, where a scout comes in and they're they're doing different stuff than you usually do. And you're looking at them like, what are we doing? Like, we've never done this before. Why are you doing it today? You know, you're just like, what the fuck?
1: It was funny, bugs like the so. The, so I try to loosen the guys up. So like as they're working out, they might be going a little too fast. So at the free throw line, I'll tell like one of my interns, say, like, "Hey, give me the fucking ball." I give it like I, I sort of like wipe the sweat off of my shirt, and I just like whisper to the player, like, "What the fuck are you doing? Like, slow the fuck down." I say, and step off the fucking free throw line after every shot. Give yourself some break. And then one of these guys, like we we had a couple more drills scripted that we were gonna do, but the workout was going so well. He goes, he looked at me, he goes, "Mike, we doing one on one." I go, fuck no, we're not doing one one I said, hey, snake this last pick-and-roll, dunk this shit, and let's get the fuck out of here. And that's what he did. And I gave him the fucking, like, axe sign after the fucking dunk and sort of shut the whole workout down after that. But it was pretty fun, man. It's just, you know.
0: You caught Dyson Daniels, too, in a, in a scrimmage?
1: Yeah. So in a, in the same facility, Jordan Lawley is working out. Um, uh, he's sort of, a, you know, one of the trainers at one of the ho- – Better trainers out in California. He, he's he got Octagon's guys and he's got Dyson Daniels. And like we don't usually go to their workouts and they don't go to ours, but they sort of had their open run uh, yesterday. And I watched Jordan Wally's guys work and Daniels was there. I was pretty impressed. I watched him. I saw him in a D League game early, a G League game earlier in the year with the Ignite, but you know, I didn't get a really good glimpse at him. And now I got the chance to see him in a few games play. He's pretty good, Bogues. He's like 6'6. Strong, long-armed, you know, shot it okay. They say he's an inconsistent shooter. I could see that, but he made some shots. Um, really good passer, strong kid, could really pass. Decent finisher, uh, good athlete, I thought. But, you um, know, I could see the shooting and the ball handling he's going to get better at. But those things, you know, once he gets drafted, I think he'd get better at. You
0: know? Yeah, he's a strong kid too for his size. He's height. He's yeah. pretty athletic. Um, so he'll be, you know, one of those guys. that could be a, could be a switch guy. Could be a guy that goes when they go small ball. It could potentially slot into the four like we're seeing Finney Smith. Finny Smith did with Dallas. One of one of those wiry mm-hmm. guys. And um, yeah, there's hopefully, you know, he's, as we've said the last couple of weeks, he's he's moving. He's sneaking up into that top ten, top five. Hopefully, so let's hope that happens for Australia. But let's get let's get rolling with the. Um, the the conference finals, the Mavs Warriors. You got this one wrong. I got one right. Finally, so ah. I thought the curse was on me. But uh, you were four <laughs> two. I was four two Warriors. You were four two Mavs. It ended up being four one. Pretty one sided series for the most part. Um, Dallas probably, you know, they, they lost the series in game two. In my opinion, um, I think that they 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 should have won that game, not comfortably, but they were up by. They hit, they got it out to twenty at one point. I think. Um, should have won that game comfortably. Then going home, and then you make it a series. It potentially goes six or seven. But I think once they lost that, the gas was out of the tank. In my opinion, I, I just don't think they had much left. But um, Steph won the, the, which is the Magic Johnson. Western Conference Finals MVP There's more and more awards coming out but he he was 24 7 and 6 he was solid whenever they needed needed some key buckets it was it was him for most of that series. I was really impressed with Andrew Wiggins pro. I don't know what your thoughts are but he did get knocked knocked a lot um early in the playoffs. Well, you know, he's not playing that well this that and, and his second half of the season wasn't great. But he he was 18 7 and 3 in this series. Really good defensively. I mean, on Luca especially, you just made him work. He was picking him up, three-quarter call for the most part, trying to turn him, tire him, him out. And I think it worked. Late in the series, Luca's legs just obviously weren't there. Um, you know, you factor in that he obviously had to carry the team every every other possession. But um, one thing I noticed watching this series, and, and most people would notice the same thing, is just the difference in style of play. I'd love to hear your opinion on it. But the Warriors – they're just fun to watch. They move the ball. It goes side to side. It goes inside out. It's just great passing, whereas I think the Mavs are kind of the opposite. I know they're an up-and-coming team. They're more fun to watch because you're seeing what Luka's going to do. Um, And it, it felt like if he didn't create the play, they just couldn't get good consistent looks. And the only other guy that You know, inconsistently showed he could get his own shot or create was Dinwiddie. Brunson a little bit, but Brunson's more of a scoring small guard in my opinion. Um, I think Mm -hmm. Dinwiddie can create a little bit more for others. But I don't know, it just felt like disparity between the two teams when you look at the beauty of basketball. For me, I'd watch without being biased because I was there and I know the guys. um, The Warriors are just a beautiful style to play. The Mavs are a beautiful style if you're watching Luca, um, but as far as everything else, yeah, they move the ball a little bit, but it, it, it still starts and ends with Luca creating something. And I, I felt like I really it really kind of was noted, especially the last three or four, probably the last two games in that series where the Mavs were just in possessions were just so bogged down and it was just like, oh, we'll just throw it to Luca or Jalen and they'll try to get us a bucket. And it just you know, you go down the other end and, and the Warriors are like swing, 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 wide open three or loony dunk or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts were around that.
1: No, my, my thoughts, Bogues, were, look, the experience factor, That first of all, the talent factor. You get Steph, you got Clay, you got Draymond, and then you get Wiggins, right? And then the other guys that are really good too, like, you know, obviously Poole, Mooney, Looney's played out of his mind and not, I mean, in a good way, just played really well. And you know you had some other guys contribute like Porter Jr. and so and so forth, with and but the playmaking, like the playmaking of Steph, the playmaking of Draymond, you know, like Poole could get his own shot and, and, and sort of get into the paint a little bit, where they have multiple playmakers, and then they've got ball movers. So like uh, Clay's, you know, Clay knows that he'll want to take a shot, but if he's going to be contested, he'll just swing, swing. So they've got ball movement, playmaking to get in the paint and plus, you know, ball moving on the perimeter. You know, so for swing, swings, and open shots, where Dallas has ball movement on the perimeter, but they have got very limited sources of players that could get in the paint on their playmaking. Luca's main the main player on that. Jalen can do it. Brunson could do it a little bit, you know, and he's not really like a high motor, he's a change speed guy he's not a blazingly quick player that could just get in there whenever he wants, so he's like you said, he'll bulldoze, he's a scorer he can make shots, you know in, in stri- you know, straight line drive you, they move the ball well in the perimeter, Bogues, in my opinion but they just don't have, like Dimwitty's inconsistent with it, but they don't have the playmaking and the talent to just get guys, multiple guys that could demand two defenders on them, and then they gotta, you know, move the ball into open shots for the teammates, Luke is like the only guy that really had that. Brunson, some nights can be that guy. You know, Dorian's not that guy. Bullock's not that guy. Kleber's not that guy. You know, they just didn't have enough of that. And I thought that, yeah, they're just looking at Luca to just get in and make all these plays for him. They obviously, and we'll talk about it later in the pod, I'm sure, about what they do next. I mean, look, they've done a fantastic job maximizing what they could do with that team, but they are limited. They are limited with star power. They're limited with, like, they got great role players, don't get me wrong, but they definitely need that second player that could demand not only a double team, but off the dribble, you know, able to get in the paint whenever they want. You know, either can score it, make a play for themselves, or attract a crowd in addition to an open player. So, I agree with you a hundred percent of your assessment of, of things on on you know the Mavericks versus Golden State.
0: Yeah, and just from a basketball purity point of view, it, it is noticeable, and, and I think the Warriors' yeah. style—it's just so beautiful to watch when it's clicking, right? Yeah, um, because they move the sure. ball so well. You know, you got guys that aren't really even on a scouting report, like Kevin. Kevon Looney, he's getting dunks and offensive rebounds. So he was huge in this series. He was 10.6 and 10.6 a night for the series. And he was big just in when Dallas did happen to grind out a good defensive possession and get a stop. They couldn't get a rebound. And and Looney just – he looked like Rodman out there at times on the offensive end at least because he'd, he'd wedge out a whole side of the, of the floor. Uh, ball would bounce over the rim to that side. He'd get the offensive rebound, kick out to a three, and that's demoralizing when, you, when you've when you played good defense. Um, Luca did finish up with 32, 9, and 6 for the series. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Brunson and Dinwiddie were 18 and 16 respectively. I guess the question now is, is where to for Dallas? Um, we know Brunson's heading to free agency. Uh, there are rumors that Dallas are going to really be aggressive in in bringing in a, a center or or a big man that can number one rebound. Um, you know that they need to, they need to get someone that can get some rebounds. I mean, Powell's a great role player. I don't think he's the long term solution at the five spot. Starting for him, I like him off the bench. Um, I think he's a great energy guy off the bench for fifteen or twenty. I don't think he's a starting five man. So I think they, you know, there's rumors uh, to, to Rudy Gobert that started you know months ago. That could be a, a candidate. I, I don't know what you're hearing, but I think that's something they need to they need to figure out. Um, I think they just need to find, you know, probably another, another playmaker too. You know, um, at the at the, and I think that's Hardaway Junior. Um, you know, he, he has been hurt, obviously, so I think he was a big out for them. I think he's he's another playmaker that they can have on that wing, and then all of a sudden you got Luca, you got uh, Dinwiddie, you got um, the length of Hardaway Junior and then you can you can slot in Finney Smith or Brunson in that lineup with the, with a solid big man. That's that's now a decent an even better lineup. So we have to remember that Hardaway Jr. was out, and that, that was a big out for them. But um, what are you hearing as far as Dallas's moves at the center spot? Because I know that's a key area of concern. And, and where do you think Dallas go with Brunson and whatnot?
1: Well, it, they, they've got an issue for sure. Well, first of all, they got a great issue going on, which they got Luka Doncic. they got all these role players signed up, and they've got basically their whole team back. Um you know, I, I think that Cuban at the end of the day will pay Brunson whatever, in in unless it goes crazily, you know, crazy over thirty million a year. I think that they'll, he'll re-sign Brunson basically to whatever whatever it's going to take to to keep that unit in, in check. Because let's be honest, if they lose Jalen Brunson, they're fucked. You know, because like they play, look, they've got these role players that can make shots and roll to the rim and do things, but they need that second guy. And they've got Dimwitty and they've got, you know, they've got Hardaway and <clears throat> they've got, you know, that Dimwitty and Hardaway is a big part of things, but I think Brunson really brings a steady force to you know to settle things down, be that second guy who could score for Luka. Now, what Cuban might say is look if this if this negotiation say if the Detroit Pistons or the New York Knicks or somebody comes up with a lot of money for the kid twenty eight twenty nine million but like look we're gonna you know combine hardaway and Dinwiddie and basically recreate Brunson within those two guys instead of spending twenty eight twenty nine million because they're gonna go into the tax and they'll probably go in the tax deep. Uh, maybe I'm wrong on the figures but I mean, right now you're looking at like here's their salary they got like Dim you know they got Hardaway at 19, Dimwitty at 18, you know Luca's at 35-7, you know Bullock they got 10-2, Dorian they got 12-2, you know they've got a lot of guys so they can't really do a lot in free agency unless they're moving people. They don't have a lot of room in their cap, so they could re-sign Brunson, it's their own guy, but <clears throat> now you coming back with the same team. But same team plus Hardaway. That will be interesting because Hardaway's been out. He was out before the Dinwiddie trade with the broken foot. It'll be interesting how Hardaway and Dinwiddie fit. I think adding a guy that could average another 17 a game could recreate what Brunson has. Brunson's not a great playmaker as far as making plays for others he's more of a tough guy can make shots you know can make easy plays he doesn't have the vision even close to what Luca has so do you pay 29 million and add that to payroll for another 5 years you know i think you know what cuban's been good at is sort of saying hey that might be a little bit too much if it's 20 million 23 million 24 million i could see him resigning him adding hardaway to the mix And saying, okay, now adding a center, you know, that'd be interesting. Um, I've heard Levine's name mentioned as a second scoring option. I don't think so. Uh, But if they add Gorbert, A, how do you get him? That's the thing. Like, Gorbert makes, you know, good money.
0: Well, Powell, Dinwiddie, package, something like that.
1: But now Powell's Powell's expiring at 11. So that would make sense, you know, because then you take him. But, like. Ainge would age is gonna want value back he's gonna want young players he's gonna want assets he's gonna want draft picks so you could like throw a slew of draft picks and throw somebody like Powell in or because they don't really have a lot of expiring deals for deep for high money so you're gonna have to probably um you know hold on for a second let me just get let me get gore so gore is at 38 Bogues, right so to get to Gorbert, you're gonna to have to bring back about thirty, about thirty in salary, and so Powell's at eleven. Dimwitty you can get, but you get Dimwitty for next year and the year after at eighteen plus. So you're gonna to have to give him a slew of draft picks. You're gonna, you know, they're not getting cap relief. You know, they're not really getting cap relief unless. You know, unless you give him expiring deals. Now, Kleber's at nine, expiring. I mean, he's at a nine at a... I think he's a player option, if I'm not mis- a team option, if I'm not mistaken. So, it's going to be hard, in my opinion. But, may- you know, look, I don't do this for a living with the cap stuff. It's going to be hard to get up to that $30 million to get, Gorbert. And then you're going to face the same problems that Utah faces. The lack of offense, the lack of free-throw shooting um, with Gorbert. So, yes, you get the rebounding and the defense, but, you know, the the offensive stuff you're still going to have issues with. Um, And then also, if you re-sign Brunson for a bigger number that you want, now you're stuck with that team. Not stuck because it's a good team, but now you're going to still have the same problems. Now you're going to have really high payroll, and this is going to be a group really going forward because I don't think that they have a lot of value in trade. Like Dorian Finney-Smith, people are going to want, right? Um, you know, they're going to want Kleber to a certain extent in trade talks. Hardaway has some value because he could score. Dimwitty has a little bit of value, but these aren't guys the teams are begging to get. You know they they like them, but you're gonna get a, you're gonna have to get a bigger asset in a trade and throw these guys in for them to say okay, let's go. And then if you dis- if you trade a Dorian Finney Smith or a Dimwitty or a Hardaway Jr., now you're sort of trading away their really special skill. Dorian, one of the best defenders in the league. Hardaway could really score. Dimwitty's got a lot of offense on and off the ball. So it's interesting, folks. I think they're in a great spot because they got. In my opinion, the best player in basketball, you know, with with Luca, and you've got all these role players that are locked in that could do some different things, but they definitely need an upgrade in a second star as far as a scorer, and they need that rebounding uh, in size inside. So that's that's sort of uh, an issue. How do you see it, folks?
0: I think the I think <clears throat> look, they got to the conference finals. Um, I think keeping the core guys together is important. I mean, you know, you can't teach experience. You can't teach – don't forget all these guys that are playing with Luca. Luca's a star, clear cut. They they know how to play with him. They know how to – what spots to get to on the floor. They know when to shoot in the offense. So, you know, sometimes you want to – you don't want to make big changes and bring in three or four new guys because there's an adjustment period, right? So I think – you know Dinwiddie's boarding to his role off the bench, which is great. He could start for some teams. I think Brunson they need to bring him back as well. Just with their cap situation, I think it makes sense to bring him back if they have to overpay. They have to overpay. I'd still like them to find a center somewhere. I think that they have a real big rebounding issue, and and part of that is because they do go small, and they you know they do go small with um, especially against the Warriors. They went small, but they do go small a lot. Even even the last couple of years, the infamous Clippers series and all, all those games where they where they. Where they um, Sorry, the Utah series where they where they go small and really try to isolate Gobert. I still think they need a five man that can rebound at a high level. Um, like I said, Powell's just Powell's an effort guy, an energy guy, not not a fabulous rebounder. Um, he's consistent, so I think getting that upgrade at the five and it doesn't need to be a Gobert. Maybe. You know, even even someone like a white side or just someone that can provide um, a bit more rebounding for him. Um, if, they, if they're cap strapped and they can't make a trade, he's trying to go after someone like that as a backup maybe or, or someone that you can start and then bringing powers, the energy minutes. That's what I'd like him to address. But I I think, I think don't think you're throwing the baby out of the bathwater. I think they've had a hell of a year. Uh, luca has got his feet wet now in the conference finals Um you know, this is the first time they've been out of the first round in a long time. So I think it's the arrows pointing up and they've got a lot to be excited about a few small tweaks along the way, maybe a vet min guy, maybe a buyout guy um, at all-star break next season can put them over the top and get them to potentially a final series. So um, I'm, yeah, I think they've had a fantastic year. They should really be proud of what they've put together and, Luke is going to get better and better, but uh, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't make too many big changes. I just try to get get their rebounding addressed and then go from there. So,
1: folks, how about Andre Drummond as a name? Because he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. Would you t- Would you bring him in or no?
0: Oh, uh, maybe. Um, you know, just hopefully. You, know, you hear some stuff about Drummond about is he always locked in mentally? He's, he's a little bit loose at times, but maybe this is what he needs. Go to a team that's going to compete in the conference finals, he'll play a good role there. But that, that's one, I wouldn't overpay for him um, by any means. But if you can get him three, four, five mil um, for a year for, for two years, you know, 10 million, two year, two year 10 million or something like that, or even a little bit less, i consider it. Anything more than that, probably not. Um, so I'm not sure what their mid-level situation is, but yeah, I wouldn't give him the full mid-level. But I think, yeah, someone like that, definitely, um, you know, a Drummond, a Whiteside, uh, who, else, who else is out there that, that would be a- I would
1: say- yeah, I would say drum. Here, here the, here's like five names. I would say Drummond, Mitchell Robinson. They're gonna have to get in trade. So if like maybe sign and trade if they if they're oh, not gonna be get really Brunson, good. yeah,
0: he'd be really good at that. Yeah, system. so so him. he'll yeah. be
1: he'll he'd have to be a sign and trade. Montrez Harrell will be out there. I don't know if he's big enough. Um, I'll tell you who else is out there who's gonna be a free agent is Nurkic. He's another one that could you know. Possibly, why why wouldn't he want to sign there if you can get s- close to the money? Um, that's probably it. I mean, Dwight Howard's out there. I don't think they'll go there, but um, those are just some of the names. Oh, Oh, Abaco will be out there as well. Again, just I, you gotta with this stuff, folks. You gotta be look. If if they had forty million in cap room, they could get out anybody they want, but. You got to be realistic with some of this stuff, so that's why I'm just mentioning the names like a Drummond, like a Mitchell Robinson will be a, a pipe dream because they're gonna have to trade for him. But you know, Nurkic coming in for nine million a year—if I don't even know if they'll have that—the full mid-level, but you know, something like that will probably be some of the names that will be filtered around, unless they could pull off a trade. And maybe I'm maybe I'm undervaluing their roster as far as what they can get done in a trade. But that's sort of what I'm thinking, you know, when I look at things.
0: And the other name is Steven Adams, but that's a big salary,
1: obviously. Ah, mm, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So be, he's yep. been thrown around a, a lot as well. But, yeah, if they can address that, I think, br- and, and try to go to the cheaper side, which would be a Drummond or, or a Whiteside. Uh, I think Whiteside's contracted, though, next season, I believe. He, I think he did a two-year in Utah. But, yeah, I mean, that, that's what I would address. But otherwise, I think um, all is good for Dallas. And Golden State move on to yet another final. So that'll be uh, that'll be fun to see what happens there. So And reportedly, um, Gary Payton Jr., or the second or the third or whatever I get confused but uh he's <laughs> yeah. he's reportedly going to be back for game 1 or 2 so that's a that's a huge sign cuz I thought I thought with with I thought without him I thought that was you know I thought they'd put him on Luka and slow Luka down a lot with 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 uh Payton but with him out of the series that's why I thought they'd at least get a couple more games but uh, Wiggins did a fantastic job all right Heat Celtics swingy series real swingy series um I mean, we we all thought after Miami's game four and five performances, they were absolutely horrible in both of those games. <clears throat> they couldn't score. Yeah. They scored 80 points in game uh, five. Just just not great um, rumors that, you know, Jimmy Jimmy Butler's potentially carrying an injury. There's other guys that are hurt Kyle Lowry with the hamstring, blah, 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 blah. But you go into game six in Boston and you think, you know, this series is over. They're not going to lose in Boston. They're going to wrap it up and they're going to go and, and start preparing for Golden State. And Jimmy fucking Butler, I mean – <laughs> 47 9 and 8 with four steals on on fantastic shooting clips. I mean, he was he was just sensational and just he he willed them obviously over the line. Um not a lot of support offensively really beyond that. It was just, it was solely him creating everything. I mean, for Boston Tatum Tatum was very efficient shooting. He, he, you know, for his 30 points but he had seven turnovers, real loose with the ball. Um, but yeah, we're going to a game seven in Miami. So we know that favors the home team by eighty plus percent in NBA history. Game seven home team usually wins. But we've seen we've seen the opposite. We've seen um, you know, Dallas going to Phoenix and smash them by 40 odd. Uh, but this series is, yeah, it's interesting. It's up and down, and it is a bit of a chess game. You know, both these coaches are very well equipped in the chess game and making adjustments, and it's been good to see. There are some injuries pro. Um, Tyler Harrow is reportedly 50-50 for game seven. Smart, he's banged up again. Williams uh, for Boston, banged up again. Um, so who knows what happens there. I, I thought without Harrow um, that they would they would struggle just with this, that that added I think he's their next best scoring punch of a guy that can get hot and get him a quick 20-30. I thought with him out of the lineup, they would really struggle to score. Uh, a friend of mine's a Miami Heat fan and I was going back and forth with him. love Jimmy Butler, and I said, I just can't see you guys scoring. And I, I was looking looking really good on game, you know, game four and five because they couldn't really. And then they came out and had this performance. So this will be a great game. Um, I think it's going to go down the wire. I think it'll be a close game. I think Boston. I think Boston just came out in game six and just thought, we're at home. We've just punched. Uh, we found the magic potion against Miami. They can't score on us. Our defense is great. We're in Boston. We'll get this win and we'll cruise to victory. And in playoffs, that's not the case, and they've they've stayed alive. So that's been uh, fun to watch. Tatum, uh, Tatum and Brown are both averaging twenty four a night for uh, for Boston. Um, Butler, Butler is averaging twenty four a night for uh, for them, and and then the next best scorer with for 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 Miami is Bam with thirteen, which was kind of alarming when I looked at it. Um, but it does go in with what we're saying about them not being being able to score. And then it's pretty balanced beyond that. There's a bunch of guys with nine, eight, seven, six, six. So we both had Boston 4-2. Trouble might be brewing for both of us, Pro, because like I said, 80-plus percent chance for that home team in game seven. Uh, What have you seen so far in this series?
1: Well, first of all, Bogues, you should have ran for the fucking hills when I picked Boston and Dallas, so you just go the other <laughs> side. Let's be honest. I mean, how, how long do no, you you've that You've been good this year? Besides exactly a Denver, though, Bogues, besides a Denver like, Golden
0: State pick, which was just outrageous, I thought most of your picks Bogues. were pretty good.
1: Dude, it's like Bitcoin, right? When it's at like seventy thousand, sell that motherfucker, because you know, like the next day it could be at like eleven grand, and that's basically what I was. I mean, come on, how 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 long can you ride that train for? I mean, I'm a walking <laughs> fucking nightmare when it comes to predictions. But um, I thought fucking Boston was going to be a playing team at the beginning of the year, so that's how much fucking I know. But no, look, I, these series, you know, like I said, I was a part of with Kobe in two thousand and ten when I thought. They were fucked. You know, Biden was hurt. Uh, Boston was killing them. They just had all the answers. They had no interior help. Fucking, you know, Lakers had nothing off the bench. And then Perkins gets hurt. And then the fucking series swung, right? And then, like, everything that you thought was going to happen just went reverse. And then Lakers just jammed it down their throat and still had a tweak. You know, they had to still win the last two games. You know, they were down 3-2, went back to L.A. for two, and then they ended up sealing it. So for Miami-Boston, we, you and I were on the right track. Like, Boston was killing it. You know, Jimmy Butler sort of like in those middle games really, you know, didn't look good. They didn't have any scoring. You know, they, they, they're trying to will their way to win. I mean, no, you can't get anything. Oladipo inefficient. Strauss really wasn't it. You can't really rely on Tucker to be that guy. Hero out. So you just thought everything was you know swinging Boston's way with those two guys and Bay- Tatum and Brown and you know smart doing what he was doing Horford looked great you know even without Robert Williams they were they were looking really good and then you watch last game like you said I think I mean I think that's normal for all NBA teams closing out at home you know it's really hard you know on the road to really you know to tie this thing up and that's what they did I, I think it was just their defense I think it was out of bio screening I was bam screening. You know, like Jimmy Butler playing center field when they put two on the ball on Tatum and Tatum would just loft up this pass out of the yeah, trap. It was and then fu- yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, and they just fucking... That's what they did. They put two on the ball. You can't loft those fucking, you know, those hanging curveballs up because somebody's going to just snatch it out of the air and that's what they did. You know, if it wasn't Butler, it was like Lowry who looks like he's 70 years old because he's so banged up and he's still getting to the rim.
0: Takes eight charges a possession. <laughs>
1: It's uh, yeah, it's unreal. And his, look, he's he's de- hey, he's definitely going to win the golden fucking globes. Of oh, man. He, he, he slides in, mouths,
0: right? honestly. So, we've been watching their games. He slides in or every possession, he's sliding in trying to take a charge on someone. It's unbelievable, oh, man. man.
1: It's, it's unbelievable. Good. So, like, yeah. And look, and I think that if they do get by, and I think Miami will probably win this game seven just because of the numbers. But even if they do, like, Butler. Is there only, it's gonna say, be the same thing that they had two years ago when they went to LA against LA in the bubble? Like, you got Butler and there's just no one else that could score. Like, you know, I don't think Harrow, I mean, I don't know, I'm not a fucking doctor, so I don't know about his injury, how long it's gonna take for him to get back. I just don't see Harrow being that guy in the finals coming off an injury. They just they just don't have it. Oladipo is just too inconsistent, he can't make shots. You know, Tucker could make corner threes, but they, you know, you know, out of bio, you know, Bam could, you could, you know, you could screen him and just roll him and he could create a little bit, but they just don't have that score. And I don't, I could see them getting by Boston because it's at Miami. I just don't see them getting by. Golden State at this point, and for Boston, they just got to go in there, take care of business with the ball. Like, just don't fall in love with the three, attack the basket, fucking, you know, move the ball, take care of the ball, get good shots. And don't turn the fucking thing over because turnovers and offensive rebounding, you know, letting up offensive rebounding second chance points are absolute fucking killers that you have to take control of. And you got to say, you know what? No fucking more, or it's going to be an ugly fucking, it's going to be an ugly game seven for them.
0: Yeah, it is. And and uh, just looked up Tyler Harrow. He's got a groin injury. So. Oh, shit. They, yeah. Who knows? They, they haven't released kind of the. Extent of that injury, but that um, that is not good because when you you know the groin a groin could be a week or two, or it could be two two or three months. You just don't know the the extent of the strain. But he is averaging thirteen point five and four point one rebounds for him. Um, you know the eyes are pointing at Duncan Robinson for a big game seven pro. <laughs> He's to give oh, fuck. He got he got six minutes in the last game. He, he, he made a few shots in that blowout winning game, uh, blowout loss in game four. So you, th- you thought, you know, sometimes in a playoff series where you get, you know, it's a close series and you're getting blown out and you put in a guy that's been struggling and they hit some shots. You sometimes think, shit, you know, this is probably their- they're in their groove a little bit. They've made a couple of shots. He didn't shoot it well, but he made a couple of threes. You, th- you thought maybe he'd get back in the rotation, but he's only-, he only played six minutes the next night. But um he's he's probably the guy you got to look at. Like he's-, he's, I don't know where you- how you play him because every time they put him in the game, he basically fouls immediately because they put him in an action and then try to pick on him. Um, but yeah, I'm, i mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go against my pick. I've learned my lesson in the last series. I'm gonna stay with Boston, I'm gonna go against the odds. I think that Boston get in the film room and I think um Udoka shows all the turnovers, like you just said, and says, Look at this shit. If we just clean this up, if we just they had 17 turnovers last game, we can get that down to twelve. You know, league average somewhere around there. That's five extra possessions we lost by eight points. So, I think that's a fix for them. Um, Give credit to Miami; they're long, they're athletic. I think Oladipo should get some credit. He's bought into a role. You know, he was a, you know, number. He was a number one option in Indiana for a bit there. He's he's been on teams where he was he was a go-to guy. Um, and he's bought into you know just being a defensive stopper and and taking a shot when it's available. So you got to give him credit. I think he's been really good for them defensively, especially. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Boston. I'm going to stay with my pick. It's going to be 4-3 instead of 4-2, and it's, a, it's a, you know, not, a, not a great chance for for me percentage-wise, but I just don't want to go backwards and forwards. So I'll go opposite you, Pro, and I'll, I'll stick with Boston.
1: Bogues, I'm going to do something out of character, man. I'm going to be like that asshole in the movie Titanic, dress up as a, f- a pregnant woman. And jump on one of those lifeboats, man. I'm getting the fuck off that Boston ship. I'm going to go with Miami in this one. I mean, come on. I'm going to be be—I'm gonna make our boy, Bob Valgaris, happy. I'm going to go with the odds. I'm going to go with the numbers. I'm going to be analytical on this one for the first time in my fucking life. Yes. It's creeped in. I'm sorry. I'll be a hypocrite. I'm going to go against Boston. Go to Miami. Which means, you know what? Fucking Boston's going to win this one. But I'm going to go with Miami. I'm going to switch off. I'm going to jump on the lifeboat. I look like I'm pregnant anyway, so I don't really have to dress up for the part. So I'm going to go with Miami on this one.
0: Okay. I'm looking forward to watching this one. I'm going go to drop the kids off at school, get a quick workout in, and then drive home as fast as I can and get this. I just, I just hope it's not a blowout because a, a few of these games where you're like, this is going to be a great game, and by the time I'm finished making brunch or breakfast or lunch or turn around, <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? I'm trying to enjoy my meal in a close game, and it's a 30-point game. So hopefully... Uh, Miami, Boston, if you're listening to Rogue Boys Podcast, make this a game. All, right, all NBA teams were announced pro. Um, I'm going to go through these real quick. First team is Booker, uh, Doncic, Giannis, Tatum, Jokic. Second team, Curry, DeRozan, KD, Joel Embiid, Ja Morant. Third, LeBron, uh, Chris Paul, Siakam, Towns, and Trey Young. Any glaring I know you don't like getting into these, but any, anything glaring for you? Nah. For me, it was LeBron on the third team. I think. You, yeah,
1: people are yelling about LeBron, yeah.
0: I would, yeah. I mean, your team didn't make the 10, bro. Like, I know he's one of the greatest players of all time and that whole conversation, but um, yeah, I, I don't know about all that. I know when I was in the league and. Um, They they really incentivized the All-NBA teams as they do the All-Star teams about saying you need to be at least above 500 and be in a a playoff mix to be on these teams. Well, I know he's a star and he probably needed to be on politically, but that's probably one that was glaring for me. Um, Booker on the first team, yeah, I mean – you could probably flip in with Curry. Uh, you know, Curry didn't have a great. Was it the second half of the season? He, he, there was a portion of the season where he, where he wasn't shooting the ball as well. So I get that, and, and I guess I guess Phoenix had the best uh, record in the league. So otherwise, I'm, I'm pretty good with it. I think it's pretty pretty close. So all right, Lakers. They hired Darvin so that's finally got done. Um, your Doc Rivers' conspiracy theories out the window. Pro, uh, Mori said no. We're, we're keeping him in Philly. We love him, uh, so he's staying over there. We'll see how long that lasts, but uh, yeah, didn't uh, didn't kind of expect this one early early on when when the process all started. Uh, you know, remember Mark Jackson was in the mix, Terry Starts, a few different guys, but they've gone with Darwin Ham. What do you know about him? Do you know much about? I've read that he's a he's a player. He's a they're saying that he's a kind of a players coach. When you hear that, you kind of cringe because players coaches usually get fired. But they they reiterated more an article that I read that was around. He, he really knows how to communicate and. Kind of be a disciplinarian, but in in the new age way, pro not not the uh, rah rah way. We can kind of uh, get across, guys, and and still make them feel good about themselves while whilst letting them know they're doing something wrong. I think that's the, the new 2022 uh, way you you criticize someone, right? But uh, what do you know about him?
1: So I worked um, the Tim Gergerich camp in Vegas with him probably for like three or four summers. Um, Is out. Out in Vegas, like working out players and stuff, and NBA guys, and, and being able to work with them and spend time with them. Darvin Ham is a non-no nonsense motherfucker. He looks like he looks like a Navy SEAL, like jacked, strong. Played in the league for a couple, of, you know, for a few years uh, from Milwaukee, maybe a couple other teams. Strong. Detroit. Dude. I
0: think he wanted to chip in Detroit. Actually,
1: he could have, yes, but he's a no nonsense. You do not fuck with him. Um, he's very bright. He's very good with players. I like him a lot, and I think that you know he's smart enough to sort of read the rumor what he needs to do there. Um, it's a bad job, but he needs to take it because you, there are only 30 of these things, and even though it's a bad job and it might only last a year before they break it up, um, I think it's a job that would be good. Like I said, I don't think that they wanted a guy that was going to harp on a lot of things like hold him accountable. Not that Darwin won't. I don't want to make it sound like he won't hold him accountable, but – I don't think they, like, because Doc Rivers would be over the over the top in a good way. Like, he'd try to hold guys accountable. I don't think that that group wants that. I think they want somebody who could sort of read the room, see what they need to do, be a stern presence, but maybe somebody a little bit new, not somebody that would, you know, that they, they'll just roll their eyes at. And I know Darwin's not one of those guys who's going to, like, if he knows it when he's got to kick them in the ass, he's going to know when he's going to lay off. I think he's good like that. I think it's a good way to give him a chance. He's been in a couple of stops as assistant coach. I think he's done a great job. I think it will be good for them. I don't think that they are a good team. I don't care if they get John Wood and Pat Riley and Red red fucking Auerbach coaching them. I don't think they're going to really get a lot out of them as far as the playoff push. But I do think that he's a good guy to have there. He's not just some recycled coach that, you know, like I liked I liked a couple of the names they had on the list, you know, and I think that they could have done good jobs, but I think it's good to give somebody new it a newer chance that, you know, um they'll respect and it's a, it's new blood. And like I said, I don't think they're going to be a very good team folks in my opinion, but I do think that they they hired a you know, Terry Stotts in my opinion would have been a really good hire. Um uh, but I think that they probably just want somebody new, somebody who's you know, who's been a player like at the NBA level. And I don't know. Um, I think he'd be a good choice. Again. I I just don't think anyone's going to get much more out of the team that they've have. And we'll see what happens.
0: Four year deal reportedly pro.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I don't think like, I don't, I think that it's a shit show there. And I think that anybody's taking the job say, look, you want me? It's gonna cost you this. Yeah. It's it's not gonna be this fucking deal where it's gonna be two years and third year team option or whatever. Then again, I have no idea what the fucking deal was, but it doesn't surprise me. If I'm taking that job, I'm gonna be honest and I'm like, look, I know you're gonna break this thing up, you know, if it doesn't work. So I want security, I wanna be here for a while, you know, and look, they can pay it. Look, they make eight billion fucking dollars a week there. Why why wouldn't they? But I think it's a good hire, Bogues. I do. Uh, you know, I think they're going to wait out. They, I've heard that they wanted to wait out for Doc. I've heard uh, like a lot of uh, both sides are reaching out to each other and just seeing what was going to what it was going to take. But I think that at the end, they just don't want somebody else to snatch up. Like they didn't want Charlotte to snatch up Darvin Ham because that was their guy, and they didn't want to like you know, wait on Doc and Philly to see if what was going to happen. So they just t- took the guy they wanted. They got him four years. Uh, I'm sure LeBron had a cosign on it and Davis had a sort of co-sign on it. And look, they got their guy.
0: Yeah. We'll see. Hopefully you can get him into at least a plane in, in his first season. But I think for the long term, you know, post LeBron, I think it's a good candidate. So, uh, we'll see how that all goes. James Worthy, did you see, did you see his, his comments? Um, I love funny. Worthy, but no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't. Pretty funny. Just, he was asked about the NBA today and um, he just basically said, all they do is practice threes, lift weights, get tattoos, tweet and go on social media, <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> which I thought I thought was pretty funny. But look, it's a testament to the time. That, that, that's what it is today. I mean, um, I did see a funny reply to that and someone said, well, beats running trains on, on women back in the (laughs) eighties.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, dude, you gotta, you you gotta watch out. I mean, you know, everybody's got Twitter. Everybody's got fucking Google these days. And if you want to be self-righteous, you open yourself up to a lot of shit, man.
0: Yeah. I just thought it was a funny comment. I thought, I I thought I'd just mention it. And Katie actually said, yeah, you're right, man. It's the new age. It is what it is. So, um, I think, like I said, you can't really criticize guys for doing that. I mean, it it is what it is. The testaments of the time. And, the way the games, you know, played and coached, and and all the things off the, off the court, um, are what they are. But I thought I just mention that real quick. Tim Connolly gone, poached by the Timberwolves. Five years, forty million. So
1: plus plus ownership. Oh, he did, ownership plus too, ownership. did he get ownership too? Did he? He get he gets a, I I don't know what small percentage. Portion, yeah, but, who cares if it's it, it rolls into ownership,
0: yeah. I mean, most fran- the most friend the Timberwolves would probably be worth one or two bill anyway. So one percent of that's still decent. Interesting that the, the Nuggets didn't come up, but there was reports that they put the fo- put their foot on the on the, on the gas towards the end of his uh, negotiation. So right before he was going to sign with the Wolves, they said, "Oh, we're going to come up with an offer," and they still didn't get close to to five years forty. So. Um, I know there's a lot of people disappointed that are Nuggets fans because they think that he should have been um, re-signed and, and, and upped and paid accordingly to what he's worth. And we all know the owner there in Denver does does like to cheap out a little bit. But Jokic has been on record saying that he wants to still sign his extension or, or he will sign that that big that big long-term deal in, and stay in Denver. So that's a good sign. But um, yeah, just an interesting one that we spoke about a couple of weeks ago. And he's gone to Minnesota and, and has some work there to try and get them to to be a – you know, not just a one-hit wonder in the playoffs.
1: Yeah. um So going back to the worthy thing, real quick. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, the money fucked everything up, folks. Let's be honest. Back then, the money wasn't that much. They didn't have social media. They had sort of less things they can get into, less activities, yeah, less hobbies. Less, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's like, you know, these guys today, even a, a below average players, are making nine, 10, 11 million bucks. So, like, their sort of dedication to the game on some fronts aren't going to be what they did, you know, because they had to earn their money. Like, they had to earn their money a lot more than these players today have to earn it as far as the amount of money. You average. Five and five back then, you're getting a contract for 400 grand. You average five and five today, you're getting four years, 40. You know, and that's just the that's just the reality of it. You're making all this money. Even if you're out of the league, you're going to get out. You know, a below average players are going to make over 100 million. Back when I was working for Grover, you had, we had like Jawan Howard and Michael Finley, all-star players that will make like 150 million in their careers. So now, now you have players that are – Eight levels below them, making 150 in their career. Not all of them, but a lot of them. So that's just sort of what I have to say about that. As far as the Conway thing, look, Dent, like he's Minnesota. The new ownership group was like, look, we we, we were going to poach somebody, re, you know, a high level guy. They're not going to get Sam Presti in Oklahoma City, which is the best, best GM in the league. You're not going to get guys like Pat Riley. He's sort of in Miami, you know, for the rest of his life. You know. All these other GMs and things that are really good, they're not going to be able to poach. So, you know, they took advantage of the fact that Denver, their, their ownership group, notorious for, for underpaying their, their employees as far as their upper management and things. So. The, the only thing about Denver, though, is they're already made. Like, Conway already did his deal there. They already brought in Jokic, Marty, Gordon, Barton, you know, and they've got, you know, Porter Jr. they They've So they've got this sort of nucleus already. So if he does leave... You know, it's it's not like a head coach of basketball where everybody's going to transfer. They're already set salary-wise. Jokic is going to sign a Supermax, you know, so he's going to be there five more years. Murray's got three more years. Aaron Gordon's got four more years. Will Barton, they're going to have to deal with his deal after next year. So, all their, you know, Michael Porter Jr. signed up for the next few years. So, they're done. Like, they've got, uh, you know, Calvin Booth is their assistant GM, uh, played at Penn State, played in the NBA a long time. Good guy. They like him there, sort of. So they're sort of on cruise control in the sense, like they could reshift some of the roster guys and uh, you know, you know, bench guys, make a couple of minor deals. But their their team is set. They got you know, they get they've got their coach that's going to take them. You know, they've got everything signed up. So like him leaving is a big blow. Don't get me wrong, but they they've got the nucleus now for Minnesota. You know, getting look—they need a guy. They—they they need a guy that's going to sort of, you know, right the ship. They've—they made some great, great strides in their team. But now they still need some shift. The only thing is they're a playoff team. They're not going to be drafting top four, top five like they've been in the past. So it's not like they're going to get all these assets right away. He's going to have to retool the roster. Look, you know, D'Angelo Russell is on an expiring deal this year, $32 million. Towns has got one more year after – he's got two more years, excuse me. You know, Beverly – um Beverly's all on one more year at thirteen million. Like, so they've got some they could restructure the roster a little bit. The issue, bogues, here is they've got this roster together. They've they're a good team with the roster they have. The problem is if you start trading, like what are you gonna get for Carl Anthony Towns? Are you gonna get seventy cents in the dollar? Are you gonna get eighty cents of the dollar? You know what he's gonna give you. You know, you know he's gonna be twenty and ten. You know what Russell's gonna give you. I would say Russell's probably gonna be the guy out the door, but even as flawed as Russell's game is, what are you gonna get for him in trade? Some a couple of draft picks, a couple of decent players, you'll ship him to New York for what? Like, you know, um, you know, we're going to shift them for are you. You're going to, uh, Fournier and, uh, Walker, you know, Campbell Walker. Like, you're not going to get much. So, you might as well keep the roster you got, but there's not a lot of additions you can make salary wise. They, I don't know what they have in room. They might have like 15 million in room or so. You're not going to get a great player for that. So, it's going to be a long range project. Now, the one thing they do have is Anthony Edwards, who's going to be a star in the league and a perennial all star, in my opinion. But, they need more and he's a good guy to have. He's a good guy they, they took advantage of the fact that they knew that Denver wasn't going to give him an offer and hey, eight $80 million dollars a year is life-changing money. And Tim Conway's good. I, I know him when he was in the Washington Wizards. He, he you know he's a smart guy. He's, he's done well in Denver. He's a good guy to have. He's going to organize. he's gonna keep you in contention. He's gonna work his his, his magic. Uh, but it's not like hiring, you know what I'm saying? It's not like hiring a big time head coach in, in college where you're going to get all these recruits that want to come. And, and the NBA, you got to deal with the salary cap. You got to deal with rules. It's not so easy just to flip a team. So it's going to take some time. It's going to probably take, he's probably going to have to earn every dollar of that 40 million over five years. It's probably going to take three or four years to really make a big punch uh, with that organization. But I think they hired the right guy.
0: Yeah, they did, and it goes to show how much executives are making now. They've really taken a huge bump up in salary as well. As we, as we spoke about players not too long ago with the James worthy comments, executives are now getting getting a boatload of cash as well. I mean, he was he's he's a, a very well respected um, person in the league and an executive, but you know he's not up there with like you said the 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 Prestes and the Pat Riley. So yeah, it's, it's 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 good for everyone. Everyone's reaping the rewards of of a league making a shitload of money. All right, um, the Pelicans. I just read this actually, which was interesting. So they don't want to offer Zion the full max pro. Um, he's been on record as to saying that he wants to. He'd love to sign it. Saying all the right things. I just read that the ownership group there. Um, they also own the. Is it the what's the football team there? The Saint. Is it the Saints? The Saints.
1: The Saints. The the Saints, Saints. Yeah.
0: That um, she wants to do a a football type deal for Zion so they don't want to give the full five years and they don't want to give a full guarantee this I assume won't be taken well by Zion's camp and um, they've made those pu- those comments public pro so we've spoken about Zion at length I'm, I'm off you know I'd, I'd rather sign and trade him to be honest and, and, and bring in some other pieces around that group that they went to the playoffs because I think they played an exciting round of basketball I think it was great I think if they can sign and trade and move off him that's what I would do but I don't think this would be too good from from Zion's camp of his people being his ear saying you know they're disrespecting you you shouldn't sign here. So,
1: what are your thoughts around it? Yeah, my thoughts are look that stuff happens that stuff works in football that that's just football's realm. Um, this is the NBA this is fucking reality in, in this league and so is the NFL. Don't get me wrong, but NBA reality is that shit doesn't work. Um, I'm not a huge Zion Williams fan. I think he's. The most unskilled, most productive, unskilled player I've ever seen, and he's productive with his points and things. I just don't think I think there's a lot of flaws in his game. Now, that being said, um he's an asset. He's an asset to their team because other teams that are stuck, the Portland Trailblazers, the um, the da- the the Detroit Pistons, even maybe the Houston Rockets, you know, teams like that are gonna be desperate for players. That you'll will bring, you'll put up numbers in our quote unquote superstar. So, I would just sign them. Every deal in this league is tradable. We've seen it happen multiple times in the last few years. John Wall untradable ended up trading him. Westbrook untradable traded him. Chris Paul when he was in Houston untradable traded him. All of these guys that you that we would say that's untradable ended up being traded. Regardless of what happens with his weight, 8,000 pounds, 190 pounds, somebody's going to want him because he will be able to give you 26 and 8, whatever he's going to put up. So I would sign him with the idea that we're going to trade him, start talking to teams immediately and saying, look, what's your package? Because we're going to move this guy yeah, although that will be get leaked at eight seconds, but you know what I'm saying. They they need to put their failures out. What are teams are willing to get multiple draft picks? That's what you want if you're them. Uh, I don't think if I'm. A team. I'm not giving you a great player for him. If I if I'm the Detroit Pistons, I'm going to give you you know Jeremy Grant and picks. I'm not going to give you this great player. So you can add assets to your team. You're not going to get John Moran for him. You're not going to get Jason Tatum for him. You're not going to get Luka Doncic for him. You're not going to get uh, Paul George for him. You're not going to get Kawhi Leonard for him, and and so on and so on. So get your stockpile of picks. Get your pretty good player. Uh, you know a borderline All Star player. Multiple picks. And just in pick swaps and all that stuff. And that's what you're going to get. But you're not going to pull that bullshit where you're not going to sign him Because if this guy fucking walks, which he could or wobbles, you know, I'm, a, uh, I'm another big guy that wobbles. I don't walk. Um, if he's going to walk out, then you're not going to get anything. And now you're going to have to be forced to deal him somewhere. And nobody's going to give you anything. They'll give you some picks. And that's about it. So, look, get the fucking guy signed. Move him out of town. And just get as much as you can for him and stop the fucking nonsense. Like that stuff, you know that stuff's going to be leaked. Every team's leaking. Every fucking team's got leaks because they want to be seen in the media. So you know making that statement is going to leak out to the media and it's just going to get him pissed off. I don't think he's that great of a player. I think he's a very good player that puts up numbers. I don't think he makes you a winning team, but he can put up numbers. But you don't want to piss him off. He's sort of like a gentle giant. He's always smiling, whatever. His family hates fucking New Orleans and the whole ownership group and all, you know, management and all that stuff. They fucking hate him, but he sort of handles it, all right? Don't piss him off because then he can make your life of living fucking hell. There's always going to be a team that wants him, all right? But if he decides, I'm not signing anything— Give me the qualifying offer. I'm fucking out of here. I'm not going to accept any restricted free agent deal offer sheet. I'm just going to play this thing out, and then I'm fucking gone. Go fuck yourself. Now you're in trouble. You don't want to be Billy Big Balls in this negotiation. You know you're going to trade him. Just fucking get him signed up. Max him out. His His contract's tradable. You can get a lot for him in picks and things and then just move forward stop the fucking nonsense
0: so why would she do this so Gail Benson is is the owner in question um, why would she why would they leak that into the media like it's it's not really creating leverage for you because you still got to pay him you know you still going to have to pay him regardless it's, you know it's just it's I don't know why you go public with this. I think it's a conversation you have behind closed doors and say, look, we're, we have concerns about your weight, your body, blah, 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 blah. Um, we want to put some incentives in there that, where everything is not fully guaranteed. A la, you know, Joel Embiid had a similar thing when he signed his, his big initial yeah. big deal, right? Um, and he fulfilled all of it, right? Pretty much. I, don't, I think he's got all his money, but why would you go public with it of all things?
1: Well, first of all, they're billionaires, right? Billionaires, when they play hardball, everybody else usually crumbles, right? And- That's the thing, and that's what they probably do. They used to get in their way, most of them, not all, but I would say 99.9% of them do. They get their way all the time and they can play tough guy. But what she's got to understand, okay, is you need players, you need assets on your roster. Regardless if you like this guy, not you think he's always going to be overweight, not whatever, you still need him because even if you want to deal him, you need him under contract. And under his rookie deal, he only makes a certain amount of money, so you need to re-sign him for that for that big amount. So now you can get an influx of contracts and more assets. The draft picks have no numeric value in the trade, but if you want players, you know, if if he's on a deal, you know, that's paying him say ten million dollars, right? Thirteen million next year. You want to get him up to? I don't know what the rookie scale is. Uh, maybe you can get him up to. 28 million right on his next deal so you need him at that 28 number so if you want players more players back in trade maybe you get a better player but you don't if you're gonna deal him sign and trade at 13 that's not what you're gonna get back in trade for if you do have him at 28 and then wait the six months that you could trade him in december after he signs his deal in that july so like hold the fucking horses you like i It's the dumbest thing ever to say something like that. But people just like, they don't think, you know, even if you say it in the public or private around your circle, at least three people out of your circle, out of your six people in your circle, at least three are just direct links to the media. And it's going to get out. It's going to get out and it's going to get out anyway. But that's, that's just asinine to say, you need assets and he is a asset. Regardless of what you feel, and just just sign the contract and get him the fuck out. But don't say things like that because if he says peace, I'm out. You know, I'm out. You know, I'm, I'm going to sign the qualifying offer at 23, 24, and I'm fucking gone. Now you're going to get nothing, or you're going to get two cents on the dollar back and a sign a trade when he decides to go. So, and, and and mostly he probably won't sign a trade. He'll be unrestricted free agent in 24, 25, and he's just going to peace out. So, yeah,
0: good luck with that. Yeah, tough one. I just, yeah, I mean, you'd like to see that stuff kept in house. I don't think it helps New Orleans' situation. And I just know how NBA superstars think and the people around them. And they're going to be not too happy with those comments. Um, much like, I guess, New Orleans weren't too happy with his, you know, body and stuff the last year. So it's going to be one of those tense things. And like you said, the players are going to hold all the leverage in that. All right. Did you see Draymond Green's comments? Uh, he got asked after they won the Game 5 um Shaq asked him who they want to play. This was obviously before game six. He said he's not going to say who they want to play. And then they pressed him and pressed him. And then he finally said, I think Boston's going to make the the finals. We're going to we're going to see Boston. If you ask, if you're putting me on the spot, we're going to see Boston. This has been deemed controversial by a lot of Miami E players, pro. Um, and I'm I'm kind of scratching my head as to why. He was asked a question, he gave an honest answer about who they're going to face. Um Eudonis Haslam said that he broke the code. It's the new. That's the new broke phrase. This playoffs, yeah. pro. There's a lot of. Yeah. Co- there's a lot of code breaking. There's a lot of crack uh, safe crackers out <laughs> there. But, and then uh, PJ Tucker made a little jibe saying, "Thank Draymond for our Game Six performance." Well, number one, pump the brakes because you're still not there yet, um, Miami Heat. But I don't. I don't really see a problem with it. I mean, I know he's my former teammate. I know he's controversial at times, but he was asked, he was asked his opinion on who he thought they were going to face. And he said it very confidently. Maybe people hated that, but I mean, they're up three, two at the time, going back to Boston, most people picked, we, us included, picked Boston to win that in Boston. Um, do you find it like it's broken some code that, that I don't know about pro
1: or? I don't, I don't have a code. I don't know. Um, it is no fucking code to me. And you know, look, they asked the guy a question. He answered it. I, I mean, I I respect the hell out of Draymond Green. I'm not in his camp. I'm not out of his camp. I'm just sort of answering it as honest as I could. If a media member asks you a question and you answer it, if it's loaded, if it's not loaded, whatever, I don't think that's a loaded question. You're just saying, hey, who do you think you're playing? It's fine. You know, I think players take this whole – and and give me a pass on this one because I've never said this word in public and I never will again. Hater. I fucking hate that word. Like, oh, all the haters and this and that. Like – I think they need that for, like, just to psych themselves up, whatever. But, like, he's not hes not being negative towards you. They asked him a question. Like, like, if he said, hey, Miami sucks or this or that, I would say, yeah, okay, that's a little over the board. He just asked him a question. He gave him an answer. Let's just move on. But, like, again, if anybody says anything that's not with you these days, it's just, oh, they're totally against me, blah, blah, blah. Fuck that guy. I don't think he broke any code, brother. It's not like... It's not like he said this guy, so and so player is cheating on his wife and I've got pictures or this and that. Like, that's breaking the code. It's who do you think is going to win? I think team A is going to win. Well, okay. Boom. That's it. It's got nothing to do with that. What the fuck? Like, and he didn't fuel them any more or any less against their game six against Boston based on what Draymond Green says. But again, I think everybody sort of. If you're not with them, you're against them, sort of thing, and uh, us against the world mentality. Hey, look, if that's what revs you up, that's what revs you up. I don't think he said anything out of line. I think it's because I'll tell you what
0: should rev you up, pro. Game six for your playoff exactly. life. Should you, you know? Yeah. If you need Trayvon Green's comments to pump you up for a game six for your playoff life, uh, maybe he should have said it before game four and five. Maybe that would help them too, but I mean, I, I just I don't see why this is why these why, why these guys uh, Tucker and, and Haslam have said this is breaking the code, especially now considering you know the quote unquote new age media of, of players now that are actually rostered and current players. I mean, Draymond Green's one of the guys that's not afraid to go on. Um, inside the NBA, not afraid to go on his, on his own podcast and talk about games he was just in and talk about other games. And I think you you want that to an extent. you know. I guess the code is that. You shouldn't be talking about other teams. You shouldn't be doing media. But that's the way it's going now. Players are going to feel more and more comfortable, a la Patrick Beverly, a la Draymond Green, that while they're rostered, they're going to build their media brand. You can't hate on that. And And for, for fans out there that hate scripted, robotic, media-trained answers, well, you've got guys that, that aren't doing that so you should enjoy that you want you want an honest opinion on things and I like hearing you know players that are in the league give their thoughts about other teams I think it's cool I think you know yeah okay it can be controversial potentially disrespectful um, if someone's feelings are hurt like Miami's were but I, I think I think it's fair fair play play on um, I don't think it's a huge deal so I just thought I'd note that but uh Big news released today here in Australia, Pro. Uh, we're going to touch this again, and hopefully, this will be the last time. But um, <clears throat> the Liz Cambridge stuff we've discussed for you know almost two years now, or, or a year now, with with the Nigerian national team. There's been a, a, a private investigator type journalistic article in depth you don't see these often these days, pro, and I really respect journalists that actually are long for these, you know, the old school journalists in the trench coats with the cigarette and the cigar back in the day, <laughs> yeah, pro. Yeah, yeah. the best. They're the best. Cause they, they, they'll stick on a story for three or four months and then do this long. Sh- they're the journalists that I really respect. I think a lot of journalists, not all, but a lot these days are clickbaity and just going with the masses of, oh, what does our reader engage with rather than actually putting together a piece that takes time and effort and research and, um, Matt Lowe with the Daily Telegraph has put together a cracking piece around everything that happened. He's, you know, it is a subscriber only article, so I know a lot of people can't read it. But if if you can, just you know, subscribe for the day and then cancel your subscription. I don't know what you got to do, but you got to read this article. It, it goes through the whole timeline of pre and post that that um that infamous closed door scrimmage, and there were a few alarming things that I didn't even know uh, that were noted in this, um, but. I'll, I'll lead with that. The, the, the first thing that uh, I want to lead with, which was very concerning, was on, uh, noted by Matt Logue and, and actually quoted from from Nigerian players, was a Nigerian player had revealed that Cambridge approached one of her teammates and told her, quote, uh, Liz was telling her, oh my God, I wish I was playing for the Nigerian national team. So this is pre-discrimmage. This is pre-going into the Olympic Village while she's wearing Australian colours. So, I wish I was playing for the Nigerian national team. She was really complimenting us and saying that her Australian Opals team is racist. This was on the same day as a scrimmage, um, and then the, the Nigerian player finished the quote by saying it was something like a movie, very unrealistic. Um, so that was the, that. That that is alarming in itself. Um, I know a lot of those girls on that team, and they're the furthest thing from racist, first and foremost. Um, they've protected her numerous times, they've kept her name out of mud when she probably should have been thrown in the mud numerous times. To actually go into an Olympic, you know, this is a week before the Olympic Games and say you'd rather play for another national team pro, that is almost as alarming as anything in this article Um, because... You're supposed to be going about bat for your for your team and your teammates, so that that's the first thing I'll note that was in there that I kind of was like, oh shit. But here's the timeline. Um, he he broke it down pretty well for everyone out there. Um, Cambridge, the videos linked in that article about how this all started just absolutely king hit someone with with a, with an elbow in a in a rebounding contest. She was a bit frustrated with with how physical the Nigerians were being. You know, they're all half her size for the most part, you know, quick agile, you know, in her a little bit and anyway, a bit of a wrestle on, on the right side of the block, someone shoots it, uh, Liz moves to the middle of the paint to go for offensive rebound position and, um, you know, getting battled by, by a opponent and just wallops her right in the temple. Um, you know, the Nigerian girl kind of stunned, dazed, confused for a bit. Uh, apparently it was reported that Liz was steaming up until that point already. Um, so the Australian Opals call a timeout. Uh, They calm her down. Um, One of the Opals players said that they were surprised they didn't take Liz out of the game as well, which they didn't. Uh, Game gets called back on after the timeout. Uh, Nothing really happens. The referees don't see it, whatever happens. Um, Something else happens. Liz then slaps another player in the face, open hands, and says something like, come on, it's just basketball. Like, What are are we doing here? I think the referees then... You know, break it up somewhat. Call a timeout. um, Go to your benches, kind of thing. And a a, Nigerian player, which you don't condone, um, at that point ran up to Liz from behind and punched her. Um, Emotions flared, and and that's when the comments came out. Um, So, uh, you know, Liz went on a tirade. We, we, I've discussed numerous times. There were many comments made that you know you you never want to make, but it's come out now, so I can quote it and basically calling the Nigerians uh, monkeys um, or something along the lines of, you know, control your monkeys, um, told them to go back to their, their third world countries slash shitholes. Um, that's all in this article and confirmed by by the Nigerian players. Um, so, you know, for all the people out there that thought I was just, you know, with my little rival Liz, I was throwing mud on her just because. Um, definitely not the case. This, you know, I heard most of this firsthand from someone real close to the group. And I couldn't I couldn't run with it on record and give their name out, obviously, because they they had asked, please don't, please don't use my name and please don't, you know, just keep this to yourself for now. It'll all come out eventually. And and it has pro. So, you know, people saying, Oh, do you feel vindicated? I don't feel vindicated because I told the truth from the start. I wouldn't have ran with this if it was bullshit. And it's just disappointing that someone, you know, people ask, why do you bother? Why do you bother with with Liz? Why do you bother with all this? Because I, I don't like I don't like hypocrites. I don't like people that um, we're all hypocrites to an extent. Um, but I think it's a big big misdemeanour when you're the face of a cause of you know everything's racist and um, I'm, I'm you know I'm strongly against racism and inequality and that's cool if that's what you want to do. Cool, but if you're the face of it and then you make comments like that, I don't care what someone did to you. Um, I don't condone the, the the Nigerian player running up and hitting her from behind, but if you make those comments in in a time of um, where you're seeing red, your true nature your true nature comes out in those times, and that's why I think it's important to discuss this. and And from here on out, you know anything that that Liz says about social justice or racism or sexism, I'm I'm not even blinking at. Because uh, you know, you are a hypocrite of the highest order in in, in my eyes, pro, but this has all come out now and it's all on record. I, I urge people to go and read that article because I think it was a very, very well written, well researched piece by Matt Logan. I know for a fact he was, you know, digging into this for, for months, numerous phone calls, hours, hours, hours of talking to different people around basketball in Australia, basketball in Nigeria, and and he finally finally got all confirmed pro
1: Yeah, you know. <laughs> I didn't really pay attention much much to her before this podcast. We started this and then you started mentioning her name a little bit. I I work with um uh from the Dallas Wings, Nigerian, and um you know, so I didn't pay attention to the league until I started working for her and working with her and then you started talking about her more and more, and then you started hearing a little bit more and like you know, she reminded me of like a DeMarcus Cousins um of of the WNBA. But to tell you the truth, I, I don't want to insult DeMarcus Cousins that much, you know, because I think she's a despicable fucking human being. You know, to be able to do that, she's always trouble. She's all It's always something, right? Like, I understand being a little bit um, a diva. You know, if you're a star in your league or star in your sport, I get it. Like, in the NBA, it's the same way. Every sport's sort of like the same way. But to do that and to say those unbelievably despicable words – You know, to any race, anybody, I don't care if it's your own race or another race, is completely, completely unacceptable to me. And I'm, 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 I'm beside myself and it's disgusting and it's embarrassing. And, you know, and everybody just keeps putting up with it. Everybody keeps putting up with her. And it's always, you know, if it's not my teammates, it's my team. If it's not my team, it's, oh, why, you know, why, why is the Las Vegas coach, you know, coach getting paid this and we're getting paid this? It's always something, never happy for anybody else but herself, completely selfish, completely just despicable. And, you know, I just feel bad for the LA Sparks. They get to see her every day. Cause I wouldn't want to be around that any any way, shape, or form. What she did to Nigeria is despicable. She's a complete hypocrite talking about everyone else is a racist, but she could say those words. It's humiliating. I'd be I'd be disgusted to be around her or be associated with her in any way. And look, that's it is what it is. I, you know, it's it's disgusting. So that's all I got to say about it.
0: Yeah, hopefully that's it. Hopefully that's it from her. Um as far as making comments and being at protests and all that kind of stuff just get on with your basketball career and I mean everyone loves someone that bounces back but this is chance 9 10 11 12 reportedly she did go and try and uh, apologize to the Nigerians um after that I think the day after or something like that um and it was a pro- like a a pretty loose apology from all reports so much so that the half of the nigerian team turned their back on her as she was speaking so take that for what it's worth this has all come from from noted sources so it's it's all in that article um these aren't these are not my words these are quoted in the article so i I urge everyone to to read it And, and the case is closed i believe there's not much more you know she can put out a an inspirational quote tweet like she did last time when when these rumors came out about you know the truth will come to light eventually well it's a very very sunny today, pro. So hopefully this is it from her. Get on with your basketball career and uh, no more no more racist tirades by uh, by you, Liz, that uh, especially when you're preaching it. All right, NBL free agency, few few notable signings, pro. Um, Todd Blanchfield, a guy in Perth, player in Perth, solid shooter um, for them. He's he's re-signed with the Perth Wildcats for three years. On on what I've heard is a pretty big deal for him. So congratulations to that, getting that done. Harry, Harry Froling has returned to. the – the Brisbane Bullets where he was formerly before he went to Illawarra. Corin uh, Galloway has gone to the Adelaide 36ers. Anthony Drimmick has gone back to Adelaide 36ers. He was with the Brisbane Bullets, he used to be with the Adelaide 36ers pre the Brisbane Bullets. Will McDowell-White has re-signed with New Zealand. Um, Kyle Zunich has re-signed with Perth Wildcats. Sean Bruce obviously re-signing with the Sydney Kings. Wani swaka B- look we, we touched on last week has gone to the Illawarra Hawks down the highway. Uh, Mitch Creek has re-signed with the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix big re-signing for them Brad Newley yeah, has re-signed with Melbourne United uh, Nick Marshall has re-signed with the LA 36ers, Angus Glover is staying in Sydney, we re-signed him and Keanu Pinder um, has re-signed with the Kansas Taipans. so not a whole lot of movement, and yeah it's been pretty quiet pro, um, free is open but there's a lot of a lot of players out there we've got some hopefully some announcements in the next week or two as well so we're pretty excited about some, some things coming up and it's been pretty quiet, pretty interesting, so not a whole lot going on as of yet, Pro. so we'll we'll see how that all ramps up.
1: yeah, I mean I'm always uh intrigued by the signings off season by any international league, but it seems like those guys are pretty uh you know it's pretty good signing for those teams in the league it's it's good that they just keep on resigning and just keep filtering through their their talent and keep restocking the teams in that league, and it just makes it that much stronger you know worldwide. so it'd be cool.
0: Yeah, and it's competitive. It's getting more and more competitive. Uh, more and more teams know they need to, you know, lock their guys up earlier before teams get a chance to talk to them, and, and, and vice versa. There's a few few interesting pieces out there that um, that haven't been re-signed by their team. So we'll see how that goes. All right, stats useful or useless? Correction, pro, uh, we made a mistake. No, I don't know if it was a mistake. I did say it was probably the, it was the only player in NBA history, but there is one more player in NBA history, pro, who had his name on the front and back of a jersey. Do you remember who it was last week?
1: Did you say Jerry West?
0: Yeah, there's one more though. Who do you think it'd be? Use your brain. I'll give you t- 10 seconds. But yeah, there's one more that people have sent me. So I appreciate that. And we will definitely, you know, put our correction out there that there is one more in NBA history that has front and back.
1: Uh Mario West? No. Uh Good, good choice
0: there, uh, David West. I don't know how Well, fucking Mar-
1: Mario West too. Yeah. Tell that guy to go fuck himself. Do his fucking uh, do his fucking homework. Mario West played for the Atlanta Hawks. So any player that's named West was he also? Oh, like? my fault. He's not. I apologize. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> hey! Hold on. I'll go fuck myself. I apologize. I did not read the. I did not listen. So go ahead. I apologize.
0: Yeah, now nah, David West, West All-Star team. So he he uh, made it when he was with the Pelicans, I believe. So I thought he was an All-Star with the um, with the Pacers. But anyway, that's the correction. All right, Action Network has released <clears throat> which players covered the most miles this season, Pro? There's a top five here. I don't know if you've looked at the notes, but give me a pick of who – do you know one name that would be in the top five for the most miles covered? Most Most miles
1: covered, if I had – Total for the season. Um, fuck. I don't know.
0: I would not have got any of these if yeah, you told me.
1: Yeah, uh, Dorian um, Fitty Smith, I have no idea.
0: No. So number number one is Mikael Bridges in the league. 212 miles covered for Ooh. the season. Number two is his brother, ah. miles, at 200, at um, miles, at 210. Miles at 210, Miles. Uh, three was Ty- Tyrese Halliburton at 206. Um, four was Tyrese Maxey at just under Halliburton at 206 point whatever. And Scotty Barnes Ooh. was fifth at 201. So most miles covered um, end to end, nice. uh, which is kind of a not really relevant to anything statistical, but interesting nonetheless. Useful or useless, bro? Yeah.
1: Uh. I think it's useful just to know that how much those guys are running and how hard they're working. I'm not a huge fan of that, but I guess it's useful to a certain degree.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think it's useful just knowing how much they move um, and get up and down the floor from end to end. But I don't think it's really changing too much. But you just you do know they, they leave it all out on the floor. The Warriors now have 12 playoff comeback wins after trailing by 15-plus under Steve Kerr from sports, Center. useful or useless? Um,
1: I think it's useful, but it's useless to tell me it's under Kerr. I just think them winning, you know, I mean, coming back from 15 down period that many games, um, I think it's definitely useful. I mean, it means they have perseverance. They could sort of, you know, get punched in the face, absorb the blow, and and, and finish games. So I think it's pretty useful. What do you think?
0: Yeah, useful. Well, I I think why they mentioned Kerr is because there wasn't a lot of playoff success. Uh, pretty yeah, quick. no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> For the last thirty years, two under Mark Jackson when I was there, and then it was the one we believe you. Where they knocked out Dallas, and and it was that was pretty much it since the, the early nineties. So, but yeah, I think it's useful. I think they're they're one of those teams that you you just you know when you're playing against the Warriors and you're, you're up by fifteen or twenty, you just never know it's you just know it's never right. enough. You know there's going to be a run, and how can you sustain that run? You ever rarely see them completely get blown out, although they did in that Memphis series. You ever rarely see that, Um, but they, yeah, they're definitely one of those tough teams that you, you know, you're never too safe. All right, playoff threes all time. So this isn't any, this isn't a top five or a top ten. These are just some names. All right, so Michael Jordan's got 148 threes in the playoffs. Interesting. Dirk has 149 pro hundred, hundred and fifty-one made threes. Pro, Draymond Green.
1: Get the fuck out of here!
0: You would have never I, have guessed. I was right? going to say Steph. Well, no, this isn't this isn't the top three. This is just they're just three oh, names. Oh, three names. I just wanted to give okay, two. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not yeah. the top three. Not the top three. But Draymond Green has more career three pointers in the playoffs. Albeit he's been in the playoffs every every year he's played. Um, than Michael Jordan and Dirk Nowitzki, and you know he, he often gets a lot of shit because he doesn't shoot the ball that well from three and sometimes doesn't want to shoot it. But sometimes looks can be deceiving, bro. It's Dude, pretty impressive in my opinion. I think that's a way
1: bigger code broken than that fucking other code that they think he broke. That is the biggest code he <laughs> broke right there. That 151, I would have never guessed it. Not from him.
0: <clears throat> never have guessed it. Like if you would have told me he has more than those two guys, I uh, never would have believed it, but he does. So um, and like I said, it, it does help. I think MJ didn't make the playoffs a couple of seasons. Did He, make, he didn't make it his rookie in – rookie year and then he was in the, fir- uh, yeah. the first round a couple of yeah, seasons
1: yeah I so. don't think so too yeah. yeah
0: and Draymond's been pretty deep for the last you know however long besides the one bad season they had you know a season not ago. so pretty interesting stat alright uh, Drew Holiday is the first NBA player in 25 seasons pro to record a steal and a block shot in the last 10 seconds of a playoff game useful or useless
1: <sighs> let me see yeah, I think it's fucking useless. I think it's pretty random, but that's just
0: me. Same, agree. Use, useless, that's sports center for it. No, that's ESPN. That's Shocker. That's useless. As, as cool. The last 10 seconds of a game, you got to steal on a block. First time in the last 25 seasons. Great. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this one's a gem. you love this one, Pro. With the hiring of Darvin Ham, half of the 30 coaches in the NBA are black. Mm. With Miami, Co- Miami Heat coach Eric Spalestra being Asian, 16 of the NBA's head coaches are people of color. And this is all noted by our friend that did this, that Charlotte still has an opening, so it could get higher. That's from Mark Spears, Pro. Useful or useless?
1: I mean, not that I'm afraid of being canceled, but if I say it's useless, uh, you know, then people shit on me for being racist, right? Um I'm hey, look.
0: It is useless as fuck. Are we really counting people's skin colors as to it's coaching? Ridiculous, like it's ridiculous, right? I mean, dude, like, yeah. I, I just i I saw, I saw this and I'm looking at it and I'm like, so you're every year you're going to go through and count the skin, different skin colors on as you as a head coach? Like, where does it end? What about what about assistant coaches? we're going to go to GM. I mean, I'm just like, man, this is
1: Well, I mean, Mark Mark Spears is the biggest race baiter in in the history of media as far as for basketball. It's just everything right down your throat with race. Look, I'm glad that the NBA has given everybody an opportunity to work in their league as far as men, women, white people, black people, Hispanic, Asian, all that. And but if you just continuously every like if this is like one a one off article, hey a statement, hey this is interesting and okay. But like from him, everything's about race, and it just gets fucking boring. And it it just it gets tired of it after a while. Look, I think it's pretty cool. Don't get me wrong. But um, you know, look, the NBA in the NFL, well, the NBA, the NFL's got their own issues with race and stuff. But NBA is most likely going to hire ex players that coach in the league most of the players that's ever played the nba african american so it doesn't really surprise me that half of the coaches at least are going to be people of color now not all of those people played in the nba I get it but i don't make a big thing about race with that stuff if you hire a black person great you hire a white person great but like if you just make it a point to like pound it pound it pound it it just it give me a fucking break. It's just fucking headache.
0: Yeah, it's it's useless in my opinion. I think um, we're all human beings, man. At the end of the day, uh we're all from different. Uh. I'm from a different country. Um, you know, I mean, you could have a point, in pro. What I mean, the 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 BMI of coaches is at all time low, isn't it? We're, we're not seeing too many big bone coaches these days. So there could be you could have a case to file some some claims for discrimination. The problem
1: bro. is I would settle out of court for a case of Twinkies. So what the fuck do it? What, what would happen with me? You know what I'm saying, brother? So yeah, I just, move. I just, I keep, Hey, I'm for sale. No doubt about it. So hostess is my fucking sponsor. So let's go forward with yeah, that. Fair yeah. enough. That's yeah, crazy though.
0: But yeah, it is a crazy one. I'm not, I'm not a fan of it. I don't like it. I don't like, I don't even like the, the end of it saying Charlotte still have an opening. <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck? But anyway, what you got? Fact or fake news?
1: All right, folks. So, Darvin Ham gets hired. So, by the Lakers. So, uh, the Lakers would be a better team under Ham than they were with Vogel.
0: Well, Vogel won a championship. So, if we're just going upon last season, last season, yeah, I Let's think go they'll be better season. than they were. Yeah. Look, I think they will be better than last season. How much better? I don't. I, I don't think the needle is going to move that much. I think there is some incentive for. Uh, look, I think there's a bit of a. A fire being lit under some of those guys. Um, just with this this off season of of you know they're still for some reason talked about every other day on sports and a shocker, but they are getting killed from you know pillar to post. Um, so I think they will be better. But does better mean they're going to be a, 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 a have a decent playoff run? No, I think they'll by better. They should they should scrape into a playing game <laughs> like <laughs> surely, but that roster's not great. I mean, but it is a young. Driven um, or younger, driven, unproven NBA head coach. So I think there'll be some changes there. I think, you know, the narrative around LeBron being a coach killer when things don't go well is probably something that LeBron's going to have to work out as well and not make, make sure he happens again. And I like the fact that the Lakers did give him four years. So I think he's there to stay. So I think, fact, they will be better. But um, if you're a Laker fan, you're not going to be much better.
1: I'm going to say fake news on this one, bogues. Uh, look, I like Darvin Ham. I think, I think he's going to be a very good coach. I do think that they're going to try to make moves in that roster. They don't have a lot of money to, to, to move. I've heard they're going to try to get, you know, sign back Malik Monk. Um, I think that they will try to make a move for Westbrook. I do, you know, and, you know, try to move him. Now, see if you move him, the problem here is this. Nobody really wants Westbrook there. But if you move him, he does give you a certain amount of, you know, numbers that he puts up and he gives you a certain amount of talent level. The problem is you're going to either trade him into a team's cap room and get very little to nothing back or you're going to trade him for another couple of dead body contracts. Now, if, you know, the only way that I think I'll get screwed on this deal by saying fake news is if they trade Westbrook to Indiana and then they take back. Um, you know, um, they take back pro uh, buddy healed, you know, and another contract. I think that will make them a little better with their shooting and they could be a little better. I think they're going to have the same problems. I think most of that roster is unmovable and I don't think there's a lot of pieces that they can go. Yeah. They'll be rejuvenated. They'll probably play well early in the year, but I think they're going to have the same problems. Lack of shooting. Everybody's going to have the ball in their hand. There's not really a lot of off the ball players. Um, I think with the moves that they can make, are going to be very minimal unless you can make that deal. You know, if you get maybe Malcolm Brogdon and, and uh, buddy healed, you know, just to get, you know, Indiana could reshape their roster quicker and just like stretch out Westbrook and, you know, what have you, maybe that works for them, but I don't think they're going to be much better. Bogues. I don't. I, um, I just think that they've, they've got what they got. And, I don't think there are a lot of role players that they could really help them that they could acquire, so that's where I'm just going to go forward with saying that I don't think I think they're going to be just maybe as good, probably worse. To be honest with you,
0: they were eleventh season in thirty-three and forty-nine, and they just missed out on the tenth spot, uh, which the Spurs snatched on them late. So I think they're going to scrape into the ten next season. Pro I'm optimistic, I'm 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 long Lakers.
1: <laughs> You're long Lakers. Got it, got it. All right. Um, Second question, Bogues, the Portland Trailblazers will be a top 18 in the NBA, na- in the Western Conference next year. The 27 fake and news. 50, uh, what well, was the 27 and 55 um, Portland Trailblazers? Mm. I think that was the record.
0: Right yep, game. 27, nah, fake news. I mean, I'm looking at the West right now. Suns are in, Grizzlies are in, Warriors are in, Mavericks are in. Jazz more than likely are in, um, Nuggets are in, Timberwolves should be there somewhere, Pelicans, that's your eight. And then you've got – so they're basically competing with the Clippers, the Spurs, the Lakers, the Kings. So maybe, maybe the Kings, they can jump, maybe the Spurs and Lakers. I don't have them jumping, the Pelicans or the Clippers. So um, I think a better question would be in the 10. Can they make the 10? That one's a tough one. The eight definitely not fake. Hey Bogues, news.
1: everybody's a fucking critic. You want you, now you wanna now you wanna take over fake and <laughs> fact news, you asshole? I wasn't no, I wasn't having a crack wow. at you, I was just a topic of yeah. conversation. Yeah, you know? Bogues, I agree. I, I I don't I agree with that question, but I don't I, I agree that I disagree that fake fake news, they will not be in the topic. I mean, look at the fucking starting five next year. All right. Damian Lillard, our off, uh, Simmons, Josh Hart, Justice Winslow and Nurkic, if they could re-sign him. Coming off the bench, Eubanks, Ingalls is a free agent, Nasser, Little, Ben McLemore, Eric Bledsoe. I mean, they just don't have anything. Now, I did hear this today. I did hear, I think they have like the seventh pick. I did hear that they were going to try to pa- get package something together where they're going to trade um, their pick and some contracts Maybe some cap room, but probably contracts to the Detroit Pistons for Jeremy Grant. Now, I did hear that in the last 48 hours that they're trying to progress going that that way to try to get, you know, to bring in a little more talent. And all they have to really shell out is their seventh pick in the draft or eighth pick in the draft, wherever they're drafting. So, I mean, if I'm Denver, if I'm Detroit, I'm doing that in a heartbeat because you want to get off Grant's contract. Um, and look, you know, you want to get off Grant's contract and then you get another top 10 pick. You know, they get, they're going to have one of the top picks in the draft, you know, come June. Now you get a, a pick, another pick in the top 10. Totally makes sense for both teams. I'm not sure if it's going to happen. You know how this NBA stuff happens. You know, you, know, you hear one rumor and, you know, it could be dead in 24 hours. So, um, I don't think they have enough talent, folks. I don't, and you know they just don't have it. They they just don't have it. Even with Lillard, if he's going to come back 100 percent healthy, you um, know, and, uh, and that's th- that's to say he'll come back without you know wanting a trade demand in, in early in the season. So let's just say he plays the whole year. I just don't see him elevating that roster. No offense to him. I don't think he elevates that roster to the point where they could get in the top eight. Top eight's a tough fucking neighborhood to be in, especially if you're coming from behind like they are. I mean, they don't really have a lot of talent on the team outside of Lillard. I mean, they got a couple of pieces here and there, but they really don't. They really don't have much of a, a of a leg to stand on. Agree. All right, Bogues, let's get the last one. All right, let's just hypothetical, Bogues, right? Orlando Magic, who has the number one pick in the draft in this coming June. If you're the Orlando Magic, you should offer number one pick and make the decision to draft Bronny James in the future, which obviously is a you know, behind-the-doors site-type deal, to get LeBron James, to retain LeBron, LeBron James. So if you're the Lakers, you get the number one pick in the draft and you know whatever else player salary that they have to do to make the deal work. And I don't even know if they can do it. So they trade you that package, number one pick, and some players – for the rights to LeBron to get LeBron James, if you're the Orlando Magic, do you offer that deal?
0: So LeBron goes there this season, and then you obviously they have to draft Bronny. Yeah, the like they
1: they already say, look, LeBron, like on the tr- like, yeah, like yeah before the trades it's even made, hey, look, that we're gonna do this for you. We're gonna keep you here to have him. So the question is not do you agree with the deal or not? If you're the Orlando Magic, you do the deal. Number one pick. You give up the number one pick right now for LeBron James.
0: Mm, that's a tough one because I mean they got a they have a young roster, right? But it's not it's really not that good of a young roster, is it?
1: No, it's it's definitely developing. Yeah, it's definitely developing.
0: But I'm saying they don't have a standout. Folks, here's like young. Here's the
1: deal, okay? Starting five: Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, their rookie from this past year, Franz Wagner, averaged about 15 and five. Jonathan Isaac, that hasn't mm. played in a couple of years has an injury and Wendell Carter coming off the bench our favorite Mo Bamba uh Chuma Akike mm-hmm. who was a young kid Terrence Ross who I think is a free agent if I'm not mistaken Gary Harris I think he's a free agent Markel Fultz hasn't really played and then they don't really have anybody considerable like on their third they got like Robin Lopez which I think will be a free agent um uh, Mo Wagner, not much of a, you know, okay player, not bad. And RJ Hampton. Those, those are sort of the top 12 players or so. So do you trade now like salary? Let's just sort of put it together. They'll need to come up with roughly 40 million bucks. So I guess realistically you'd have to trade them. Markel Foltz, just to make the deal work. Let me see. They got about 20, 40, 60. They...
0: Resign Mo Bamba for they
1: a BB. Yeah, right. They <laughs> might be able to bring him in cap room, but say they have to trade Jonathan Isaacs or and or Markel Fultz to get the deal done. So you'll basically be pairing LeBron James with, you know, Cole Anthony and a couple of other young players. So that's basically what you're looking at.
0: Suggs, yeah. yeah. I like Suggs. I think he's going to be a player. I just don't think Orlando has that young. Roster that's going to be something in the future yet. Um, so I'll do it. I'll go. I'll go fact. I'll do it. I'd bring LeBron there, um, have him bring some life into that Orlando Magic franchise that hasn't won a lot of games lately. Um, you're locking your son, yeah, whatever. I mean, the marketing of it will help, I think. But um, if this was OKC, I would say no because I think they've got a lot of young pieces that are developing and they're going to be something good in the future. Orlando, I'm not sold on. I, I know they've got a young roster, like Suggs, but other than that. I don't really know what this roster is and where it's going. I think it's a very, 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 very poor roster in my opinion. So I will do it just based on that. Give LeBron a year or two there. Orlando he can visit Disney World. His son can uh, get drafted by him. Why not? Why not, bro? What do you got? You know,
1: it's funny. You sort of changed my mind a little bit, Bogues. I was going to say fake news in a heartbeat because – Look, number one pick has a lot of value, even though there's no real clear-cut number one. There's about three, three three-and-a-half players up top that they'll probably consider for that number one pick that are really good players. Um, And I was going to say, no, why not? But you're right. You look at the roster, it's not very good. I mean, like, you know, Cole Anthony is decent. Don't get me wrong. Could be a top 20 point guard in the NBA, closer to 20. A lot closer to 20 than I am at, than he is at one. And then you got Suggs, who's just okay, in my opinion. He's a decent player. And then, like, I don't know about Jonathan Isaacs because of his health. Markel Fultz is just an average player, in my opinion. Terrence Ross, okay. You know, like, Mo Bamba, okay. Like, Wendell Carter, good guy, decent player. Like, yeah, like, fuck that. I'll, I'll swing for the fences and get LeBron. I wasn't going to do it at first, but now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, I'll swing for the fences for sure. I'll go I'll make the deal
0: yeah and as I, as I said if this was OKC if this was a team that had young prospects that were building into something and need a play I'd be like probably not yeah. you know what I mean but I just don't see anyone on that, on that Orlando roster that you're like this is our three or four young guys that we're developing with and going to be the core in the next five to ten years they don't have that so that's only the only reason I'd, I'd, I'd consider doing it so
1: che- good job bro he's fooled them again brother <laughs>
0: Fools and horses. All right, that is episode sixty-seven. Appreciate everybody sending me shit in when I get it wrong. When we get it wrong, we love to hear it. Uh, we've got a. Don't forget, we've got our our fan of the Boston Celtics that uh, tweets me abuse all the time. Pro hmm. has picked Miami, so at him
1: <laughs> and get on
0: him. He tip tipped Miami off. Tip Boston. I could be wrong, but you've got 24 hours till the game tomorrow to put some tweets out there. So we appreciate everyone supporting the podcast. Keep it coming and pro. I'm in the in the works of a of our first uh, sponsor. So um, having a bit of a chat about that and. Hopefully we'll be up in the next couple of weeks.
1: Folks, oh, seriously, I, I mean, I need some money coming in here, brother. It's been it's been a couple of years. Hopefully we get. I mean, <laughs> is it going to be Hostess? You know, I'm not going to get money, but I'm going to get product. I need something. And don't. T-
0: hey, if someone from Hostess is listening. Hey, we don't can do tell it. me
1: this, like you know, don't give me this athletic company or you know, uh, Athletic Greens or something like that. I need something like that with cholesterol. <laughs> Spinach milkshakes. Yeah, fuck that. I need I need shamrock shakes from McDonald's. I don't need fucking. I okay. don't need health.
0: We'll see. Well, the reason why I don't pay you is because it'll just go on on food to a bad diet. So I'm actually doing you a favor.
1: You know what, Bose, You're right. And plus, um, if I need <laughs> if I need to run from the FBI, I guarantee you, there's at least five hundred families in Australia that will take me in. Now, I do think I do have a lot of popularity in Australia. Every Australian that comes up to me. And talks to me in America, says you're a fucking hit in Australia, and you know what? I I believe that. <laughs> I believe that. I do believe. I think. It, it, I love my Italian heritage, but if I wasn't gonna be Italian, I'd pick Australian in a heartbeat.
0: Oh, we love it, bro. We love it. I'm sure everyone appreciates. Yeah, that.
1: I, I think. Hey, I think it.
0: Just, just don't do at least. No, Cambridge. no, I,
1: that's what I'm saying. Australia right now is calling (laughs) Italy and having a trade pro for Liz cabbage and a player to be named later. They are, they are disassociating her from the, uh, from Australian people. I'm not going to leave the Italians though.
0: No, it's it's too good. (laughs) All right, that's it. We'll see you next week. Thanks everyone.
1: Later guys.